Coming up this week on Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, the Model S finally gets its long-anticipated refresh. Meanwhile, Model X gets a good and a bad surprise. There's a sign that Model 3 might indeed be getting a heads-up display and more. Welcome to the podcast. It's Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, episode 37 for April 17th, 2016. My name is Ryan McCaffrey. Thank you for joining me. And it is yet another busy week of Tesla news. The fun just never seems to stop in the world of Tesla, folks. That's what I've learned over the last eight plus months doing this podcast. In fact, I was just looking at the at the episode list and I have not, I've done one podcast, one episode that's under 44 minutes long over the last three months, <laughs> including including this one, because I already know, even though I'm just sitting down to record, that this is going to be a long one. There's just so much to get to. So uh, it has been super busy, but in such a fun way. And it's only just getting started. So I thought we'd start today and go in, uh, in order of S, E, and X, just like Elon wanted before Ford had to go and ruin all the fun. So S3X, we'll start with Model S and the refresh. It finally happened. It had been rumored forever. Everybody had been kind of really expecting it and looking for it for a while. Now, what we did not get was the 100 kilowatt hour battery that was uh, unceremoniously outed by uh, by Jason Hughes some some time ago. We talked all about that and uh, the, what, a, what an awesome find that was and how he uh, put the, the hex code out there to be decoded. So no 100 kilowatt hour battery with this, no Model X auto opening or closing doors or Model X seats. A lot of people were kind of looking for maybe the Model X seats to potentially hit the S. But we did all uh, as expected we took the Model S nose cone, uh, which has long, oh, long since been a, a subject of, of I don't want to call it controversy, but everybody has seems to have an opinion. Some people really like it on there. Some people really don't. Uh, but we put the Model S nose cone on a raft, lit that whole raft on fire, nose cone and all, and pushed it out and floated it down the river and out of this life. Uh, it really is almost literally just a delete of the nose cone. It is not a significant visual refresh up front. Uh, the shape of the headlights are the same. We'll talk more about the headlights in a second. But uh, it really is just deleting the nose cone and also the front and rear diffusers. If you look closely from the, at the bottom of the front fascia and the rear uh, valence, the rear uh, under belly of the car, the, uh, those are gone as well. And something interesting that'll be of particular interest to those of you who may be eyeing a Model S but haven't bought one yet who live in uh, cold climates in wintertime, the autopilot sensor, the radar sensor, is no longer exposed in the front of the car. Previously, well, it was every Model S up till now, you can tell if it has autopilot or not from one quick glance at the front of the car. If you see that square... Uh, box effectively that square cutout in the center bottom of the car and that sort of little air intake that that uh, dark area at the bottom 
oh, that's, that's the autopilot sensor. You will no longer be able to tell from looking at it. They've moved it behind the uh, now painted, fully just painted uh, bumper area up front. So again, this is good news for those in snowy climates because that sensor, according to folks who live in snowy climates, has been known to get packed full of snow and temporarily not work for those of you in, uh, in major winter areas. So anyway, even though it's nothing, that this refresh is nothing radical, I actually really, really like it. I, it didn't need a radical change at all, in my opinion. The car, I, I, I've talked about this before. I think I, t- I think I talked about it very recently. I just don't think the car has really aged much since 2012. I mean, if, you, if you're driving down the road and you see an S and you like sort of pull up, you know, you come up behind it, the back of the car still looks very modern, very beautiful. The side, the, the side of the car, just beautiful lines. It's really only the front where uh, that nose cone was maybe the one dated part of the car. This just really freshens it up in a subtle way, but I think a very effective way. I cannot wait to see it in person, uh, but I've always loved the multi-coat red on the S. My first review car, my P85 review car in, in uh, summer of 2013 was multi-coat red. And in the, in the California sunshine, uh, yes, we do get sunshine from time to time here in the San Francisco <laughs> area, the, the city specifically. Yeah, it, it's just that, that paint, that color just explodes in the sun, and I love it. And if I had the money for an S, I would absolutely spend the $1,500 on the multi-coat red paint. So for me, the, I think that effect of that multi-coat red paint is going to be even more pronounced with more of that red on the front of the car. I mean, the, if you go to teslamotors.com, that, front, that very first image you see, that promotional image, is of the red car the red S with the new, the new front end. But seeing it in person, as, as many of you know, is very, very different. I mean, if you go to the, the Model S design studio, it's, I mean, I, don't, I actually don't know how other manufacturers' design studios are, if, if they are more, you know, more or less representative of what the actual paint color looks like. But I suspect it's probably pretty true for everybody, and, and it, I think it is with the Model S design studio, that the colors that you bring up in there in the design studio don't do a great job of conveying what it's real, what it really looks like in real life. I mean, they, you know, they give you an approximation. I think that's really all they're meant to. But seeing it in person is a whole different thing. So on this note, I want to go to a gentleman who unfortunately did not leave a name, but uh, Anonymous from South Florida has got a comment on the S refresh. I will turn it over to you, sir. Hi, Ryan. First of all, I just want to say thanks for starting this podcast. It's been very interesting to hear everybody's thoughts and views, and I look forward to uh, each new one that you put out. I'm calling from South Florida, and um, I am one of those enthusiasts who's looking for the day that the Model 3 will come out. Uh, my, my, my thought today was um, on the, the new Model S that came out, you know, the um, the change to the front end. I, I love it. And to me, it. I think if they were to do that on the Model 3, it would it would enhance what we're seeing now. I'm, I'm not really happy with the lip, as so many people have talked about. And um, 
I'm thinking that since they've updated the Model S to look closer to the Model X, I love that that front end. I love the way it looks. Um, why not just make it three, uh, complete the, the three, and and do it on the um on the Model Three when it comes out? I uh, just want to know your thoughts, and I feel that if enough of us voice or or thoughts on on the on the current Model 3 design, maybe Elon would take note and, and make some changes. So, again, thanks a lot for what you're doing, and um, I'll continue to listen. Take care. Bye. So thank you for that call. In fact, another gentleman, I, I didn't want to play uh, his call because it said virtually the same thing. Mike from Boston, I'll give him a shout-out, called in after you saying almost exactly the same thing. And I'll tell you what, I, in fact, ag- completely agree with you both. There are Photoshops out there of the new S nose on the Model 3 images, and it looks pretty slick. I, again, I, we talked at length about the Model 3 front end. It is, it is the subject of the most chatter, uh, along with the trunk, the, the two, the two bookends of the car. Uh, nobody's arguing about the lines or the, or anything, anything between, well, I guess, the, on the exterior, the interior, of course, is that, that lack of instrument cluster, but uh, yeah, I, I think the new S nose would look really good on the 3, and of course the new S nose is very much in the vein of the Model X nose, which Tesla themselves even even calls out, even admits. So uh, what else can we say about this new, what, what else is new with the Model S? New LED headlights. They fit in, they, they, they have the exact same shape, so there's no difference there. But uh, LED headlights. Now, no official word on a retrofit. People have already been asking. And the early word that folks are reporting is that it's a no all around. If you want to put the new front end, the new front fascia, uh, or and or the new headlights on your car, the early word is no. But remember that we've seen many times in the past, the stores and service centers don't always necessarily have the correct or up-to-date info. So it's not looking good, uh, but don't rule it out just yet. I mean, for all we know, that the LED headlights could be a completely different wiring situation, and it could be a thing where, you know, Tesla's not going to bother. We've, we've, we've seen some things they will retrofit. Uh, if you've got a classic car, meaning like a, a very early pre-autopilot car, pre-even, you know, my cousin Pat in Arizona... Is February 2013 build, no parking sensors, no auto folding mirrors. Both of those you can get added to the car at a, at a cost, but Tesla will do it. Uh, but things, and of course the LTE upgrade for your, for your wireless data connection, that is a $500 upgrade as well that you can do if you've, if you've had your S for a while and have 3G in it. But things like autopilot are very much not uh, retrofittable, and it's looking like the f- new front end and headlights will not be uh, able to be added to to existing Model S's either. But we don't have a definitive definitive answer. Uh, I want to go to Tadar from Queens, who makes a great point about uh, the the hood latch mechanism. So, uh, Tadar, go ahead, sir. Hi, my name is Tadar. I'm calling from uh, Queens, New York. My question is, have you guys seen the new Model S update? They updated the nose, they updated the headlights. It looks like they put 
a different type of hood mechanism because the first mechanism I know it was very fragile. They, uh, if anybody took a ride on the Model S or test drove one, you know how they are, you know, uh, very careful with closing the hood. And they tell you, you only can close it the specific way by pushing only from two sides because it's very careful, you know, fragile and everything. Um, Want to know what you guys think about the new front end? And also, what do you guys think about the new price hike on the Model S? Because now it starts from 6300 after after incentives, and I believe it used to be 57. It starts at 63, used to be 57. Uh, thank you. Have a good day. Love the show, by the way. You make an excellent point, and I don't think we'll know the answer on that until someone gets uh, an S with the new front end, which is supposed to be next month, by the way. May is when deliveries with the new nose are anticipated. Now, also on that note, if you do have a Model S on order that you have not taken delivery of yet, you may be getting some of these upgrades for free. You should have received an email from Tesla already, so I'm probably not telling you anything you don't already know. Um, but for instance, it, the couple of you that used Peter Kersgaard's referral code that I've been giving out, maybe, maybe you're, you're getting that email uh, and you're going to get yourself the new nose. So what else is new, by the way, what I'm referring to, you may be getting some of these upgrades for free. If you had the premium uh, upgrade package checked on your S already, you are probably getting the new HEPA filter, the, and including the bioweapon defense mode, both coming over from the Model X, the massive proprietary HEPA filter is now part of the S, bundled into the premium upgrades package. Uh, interior trim, couple of changes there. Piano black, gone. Uh, that I know that's a popular one. That's in fact, that's the default trim uh, previously when you would go to design a car in the design studio. That was the default, that is no longer there. It's been replaced by dark ash wood, which is uh, without actually seeing it in person, it's, it seems close to black, but with, you know, a kind of ash wood pattern uh, in it. So, uh, as well, figured ash wood, another, another variant of that, is also available. That is new. Now, not a change, per se, but the 90D battery, now that the 85 is completely gone, the 90D battery it has been given an official EPA mileage rating and that, because previously, you remember Tesla had said, you know, they just listed the 85 battery range and said uh, that the 90, if you check the, the 90 kilowatt hour upgrade, it would be, it just said, oh, it's a 6% increase. So, you know, people would do the math, but the, the official EPA rating for the 90D is 294 miles. So just knocking on the door of that magic you know, psychological 300-mile barrier. And uh, the P90D, by the way, uh, of course, the upgrades from the P85D, slightly larger battery on the performance model will get you now a 270-mile EPA-rated range. On a similar note, the Model S also gets the Model X's 48-amp onboard charger, up from the previous one, which was 40 and uh, there used to be a dual charger option to drop another one in there for uh, 80 uh, amps. 
is, is instead replaced by the, the upgrade option for $1,500 that will get you the Model X's single uh, larger capacity 72 amp onboard charger. So uh, that, those are some minor changes there. We knew about the new default 19-inch wheels, the slipstreams. We talked about those, uh, what, three or four shows back when they first showed up. And, of course, the Model X's center console had already been added to the Model S a few weeks back as well, as it is now a default feature of the Model S. Now, default doesn't mean free. There is a price increase, which we knew about. The Tesla had said that in early, early April the Model S would be increasing in price. That has happened. The base price has increased by uh, a bit less than I honestly was expecting when they said price increase. And that price increase is, uh, the again, the uh, base price increase, $1,500. And again, this, so that's gonna, that $1,500 buys you a slightly better onboard charger by default and that center console. So you can look at that. Some, some of you may look at that as a good deal, some of it a bad, uh, but... The configurations also will affect, you know, you've got bioweapon, you've got the, the better HEPA filter bundled in with the premium upgrade package. So it all kind of should more or less even out, but a, a fairly minor price increase. Oh, and get this, by the way, uh, not related to the new Model S refresh from the front end this week, but for those of you listening to the show who already own Teslas equipped with autopilot hardware. A new Easter egg was outed this week. If you pull your autopilot stalk four times in a row, sit back and enjoy the show. It turns your instrument cluster's little road uh, graphic of your, you know, your little cart, your little GUI of, of the model of your Model S on on the screen with the on the road into a strobing rainbow road along with some cowbell which Elon had, had been making weird, goofy cowbell tweets, uh, what, last week or so. So now we know the, the meaning behind that. And I just love this. I mean, it's such a little thing, but literally know what this, because this joins, you know, there's the ludicrous Easter egg. There's the James Bond Lotus submersible Easter egg if for, for naming your car, uh, 007. And so no other, I just one of these little things with Tesla where it just makes me love them more because literally no other car company that I'm aware of willfully puts humorous Easter eggs into their car software. It's because it's just, it's little things like this that are, they're just fun. Tesla is not afraid to let some fun into their cars. They're not just buttoned up serious. Well, we're just here to move people. And that's it. That's what we're going to do. Like, no, it's fun. If you hold this ludicrous button, you'll get a warp speed thing and pull the autopilot stalk four times and you get a, you get a rainbow uh, cowbell strobe party. So it's great. I love it. Uh, th so that is the Model S refresh. Let's move on to some Model 3 news. Uh, courtesy of Electrek, a wonderful website that I cite frequently. They do a great job of covering Tesla news and other sort of EV-related news. We learned that the Tesla vice president of business development... Now, I think I've tried to say his name on the air before, and I don't know if it's correct. So last name's O'Connell. I'm, I'm, I got that. No problem. My last name's McCaffrey, so a little Irish connection there. But I believe it's pronounced... Uh, see, I'm afraid to get it wrong. Uh, 
Dar I, I want to say Darmud, but that's sort of, it's D-I-A-R-M-U-I-D. It could be Dharmud. It could be, if you pronounce, I don't know. I, I'm going to go with Dharmud and hope that I'm not butchering it. I'll, so let's just go with Mr. O'Connell, in fact. He gave an update on Model 3 reservations, and you can hear that right here. Was exceeded, I think, all of our expectations as far as the rate at which we received reservations. Something approaching 400,000 people have already put down up to $1,000, especially $1,000, to reserve this car. So there you go. Wow. Just about knocking on the door of 400K. I really feel like it's it could very well be half a million by the end of the year at this rate. And uh, we're, gosh, what are we? We're not even, we're 17 days in from, <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, I almost wonder if it's going to be like a Kickstarter, because being working in the video game space, there are a lot of video game Kickstarters, so I sort of watch them. And there seems to be this pattern with Kickstarter where you get a huge rush of interest up front. Then it dies down in the middle of the Kickstarter, which most a lot of Kickstarters are 30 days. And then, uh, so it dies down in the middle, and then when, like say, and then in this case, you know, at the end, or in this case when the car is ready, about ready to start delivery, they'll get, are they going to get another huge rush of deposits and send this thing, you know, heading closer to a million? I mean, or who knows where it's going to be when, by the time they're ready to, to start, you know, opening up the design studio. My goodness. Uh, let's go to Ramon from Houston, who's uh, got something about a, an event coming up for Model 3 reservation holders. Ramon, go ahead. Hey, Ryan, this is Ramon calling from Houston, Texas. I'm a proud reserver, top 20 in Houston. I got in line that day. Uh, just kind of sharing some news. In Houston, we did have a huge line also. Um, by the time I left at about 10.15, it looked like anywhere from four or 500 people in line out the door. I got a cool video of that. I'll send over to you. Um, also, I got some news. Um buddy of mine was trying to get a test drive, and they told them that in May... They're reserving, uh, or they're having an event for people who reserve the Model 3 in Houston. I've got the email here in front of me. She says, uh, this event is specific for Model 3 reservation holders who want to get behind the wheel of a Tesla. I don't know specific details yet, but I'm told it will be pretty awesome. So that's uh, pretty neat there. I thought I'd share that with you. Also, uh, if you cannot tell my wife I reserved it, it's going to be a surprise, hopefully when it pulls up in the driveway in about two years or so, um, unless Tesla ruins it through uh, the apparently gift that I'm receiving through the mail. Hoping to keep track of that through the uh, Tesla Motors Club blogs. Anyway, great show, and uh, thank you. So, yeah, Ramon, I, I feel like I've heard about that, but I don't know, maybe not. It feels vaguely familiar, but anyway... Uh, I'm 99% sure it's it's going to be a Model S test drive event, and they're going to try and get Model 3 reservation holders to buy Model S's now. Uh, it makes perfect sense. And I suspect that if those folks who attend that, if they have the means, it's going to be a pretty easy sell for a lot of those folks uh, because when you drive, I mean, driving the car... If you spend decent time in the in the S, even even not even decent time, just a little time, it kind of sells itself. Believe me, uh, I've I've been in it. I've even I remember the my first time 
actually driving it. It was just like, well, this is amazing. This is, well, like I've told the story, that goes back to the Roadster for me, the first time I drove that car. But anyway, um, to your other thing, I want to give you a nickel's worth of free advice. I highly recommend not trying to surprise your wife with a car. A car is a massive purchase. I, no matter really who you are, I think, uh, this reminded me of uh, the movie Jeff Who Lives at Home, starring Ed Helms. In fact, this scene. Now, you can't see the look on, on the, the wife's face in this scene, but uh, take a quick listen to this scene for, for where uh, Ed Helms' character is just, just buys, has wanted a Porsche and just buys it without telling his wife. So check this out. Oh my gosh. Uh, I got some good news, actually. Yeah? I got a phone call from Randy. Is he the guy that we talked to at that barbecue? Oh no, that's a different, different Randy. But that guy's name was Randy, right? Yes. I liked his wife. Different Randy. We should have them over. Yeah, um, this is, um, Randy at Millennium Porsche. Can I tell you something? With no money down, this thing is practically free. Pat! Wait, just, okay, uh, well, uh, well, uh, you don't have to start with no. Don't start with no. You're just, like, in this mindset, and you're not even... It's not a mindset. We don't have the money. Yeah, that's the mindset I'm talking about. Honey, look, I'm trying to be, like, really careful, and I've cut back on some things, and, like, we promised we were going to get a house this year, and I'm just trying to be a grown-up about this. Surprise. (laughs) So again, you can't see the look on, on, on her face there, but uh, yeah, de- definitely talk through talk through it. I mean, maybe you're buying the car for her. I don't know, but um, just yeah, think think that one through. I don't I don't know your situation, but uh, yeah, make sure you think that one through. Uh, anyway, moving on. Consumer electronics website BGR reports that Tesla has hired a gentleman by the name of Milan Kovac. Uh, might be Kovach, depending on the pronunciation, whose background working on heads-up displays may indicate that just such a thing for Model 3 is happening, as discussed on last week's show, and as has been the big sort of community, um, I want to call it like a group think, because I feel like that has kind of a negative connotation. But that's what a lot of people are feeling like the Model 3 is going to have in lieu of a of an instrument cluster in front of the driver, so... Uh, this is BGR. Uh, this is a quote from them. In case you're unfamiliar, so this guy worked for Scully. It was the name of the company, by the way. In case you're unfamiliar, Scully is the company behind a futuristic motorcycle helmet with a built-in heads-up display. The uh, Now, this is from the company of the Scully website. The Scully AR1 brings fighter pilot... Pardon me, let me try that one again. The Scully AR1 brings fighter pilot heads-up display technology to motorcycle helmets. So, and this is this is the gentleman, Mr. Kovac, who is responsible for the design and engineering of that. So, again, a HUD has been done before, but Elon being Elon, I suspect, if it is indeed a HUD that he's working on for Model 3, is going to be way cooler than anything we've seen in a car before, and I can't wait. And in fact, on that note, speaking of cars that already have HUDs, let's go to Brett... In St. Louis. Brett, go ahead. Hey, Ryan. It's Brad from St. Louis um, at holy underscore shadows on Twitter. Uh, just wanted to put out a few tidbits. Um, 
I'll start off with saying I saw a Model X on our Highway 270, which is one of our bigger highways in St. Louis. Um, I thought that was really cool. At first, I thought it was a Model 3, and then my brain was like, oh, that's not really possible. Oh, wait, that's a Model X. Holy crap. So I thought that was cool. Um, I also wanted to weigh in on matte paint, um, being as I work in the auto industry. Um, I... I totally agree with you. It is a hard thing to take care of. Um, I, I paint cars for a living, and it's also not only hard to take care of, but it can be a challenge for some paint shops to, to match the exact level of matte that your car has. Because it, it's not just as simple as it's matte or shiny. It, it can be varying degrees of matte, and um, that, that could be a challenge. So that, that's just kind of something to maybe caution people about. Um, I, I do like the, the look of it, but, you know, it just, nah, maybe not. Um, lastly, I did want to touch on the 15-inch screen being in the center. Um, I, it's not a crazy idea because Saturn and uh, Scion back in the mid-2000s kind of did this with the, the gauge clusters. Kind of strange to look at the center of your dash and, you know, see the, you know, uh, gas and whatnot. Um, but uh, I think Mini Cooper even still does this. Uh, they have a, a center uh, gauge with... Um, a screen in the center of that, and um, I find that interesting. Um, I think that one way that would make this better is if there was a heads-up display. Um, my, it just so happens my Pontiac Grand Prix from 2004 has a heads-up display, and I absolutely love it, by the way. So if Tesla were to implement this to Model 3, I, I would definitely... Um, I would definitely see it as a good thing. Um, I, I feel a lot of people would love it, honestly. Well, once you, you have it, you just you don't want it to go back the other way. Um, just uh, my thoughts on everything. Uh, thanks for everything you do, all the podcasts you do. I really, really love your work. Uh, talk to you later. So there you go. It's uh, Brett has it. He knows what's up. And it's, it's a car from... I knew cars that had it. I didn't realize it actually went back to 2004, over 10 years. That's pretty good. Uh, and then, of course, Brett also talking about matte paint. And so there you go. It's, it's good to have a proper warning from a professional regarding matte paint. And that got me thinking, I just hope that test, since Elon has said, oh, looks like we're going to have to offer matte paint because a bunch of people loved it at the Model 3 reveal. I just hope that Tesla properly conveys the detailed care instructions to potential matte painted Model 3 owners before they confirm their orders. Like, for instance, there should be a prominent link on the design studio or some sort of warning screen uh, when you're ordering a car with matte paint, just telling you ab about how caring for it differs from a car with a traditional paint finish. Uh, so on this note, I want to go to, unfortunately, she didn't leave her name, but uh, uh, this woman now, I'm going to play her call, who has more to say, in fact, about matte paint. So, uh, ma'am, I turn it over to you. Hey, Ryan. Thanks so much for doing this podcast. I look forward to it every weekend. I just have a comment and a question. So my comment is, first of all, thanks so much for talking about what it's realistically like to have a matte finished car, because I had really liked what the matte black Model 3 had looked like. But I mean, realistically, I'm not going to want to put that much effort into the finish of my car. So I'm really glad I know that now. And my comment or my question is, 
about the geographic location for the reservation queues, especially since that's going to be an issue for a lot of the Model 3, uh, do you have any insight on exactly how they choose which queue we're in geographically? Is it our billing address? Is it what store we lined up at to get our reservation if we did that? Or is it our primary contact info on our My Tesla account online? Or is it something totally different, like closer to production, they contact us and ask us where we want it delivered or some other piece of information comes up later? Any insight you could give on that would be much appreciated. And thanks so much, and see ya. So yes, I learned something new about matte paint too, both in my brief research last week, from what I mentioned on last week's show, and from our last caller, Brett. Um, I'll tell you, if if only the cost and stamping issues weren't a factor, uh, my dream would be a brush, since Elon's open to weird stuff, a brush stainless steel bodied Model 3. Just go into, you know, give, do, dig into the DeLorean past a little bit. Uh, I know that would never happen, but it just daydream for a second, because caring for that would be the literal opposite of matte paint, because, of course, while yes, in this fantasy scenario, a stainless steel finish stainless steel panels would be a paid option, but it'd be worth the cost because you wouldn't be spending a dime ever on waxing, opti-coating, uh, wrapping, either, um, what's the, uh, boy, I'm blanking out on the, uh, there's SunTech and, to- sorry, totally blanking on the, the name of the popular wrap, but um, anyway, you wouldn't be spending any money on any of that, but anyway, to answer your other question, as for the way Tesla tracks your reservation, we don't know for sure, but presumably there is a timestamp on your reservation and the reservation number itself, we know, you know, we haven't been able to decode those because they're big, long strings of numbers. Uh, they seem to, but the, the reservation number itself seems to indicate where you place the reservation, like a region, city, etc., And of course, when you made your reservation, you gave Tesla an address when you made your reservation. And if you did your reservation online, they might also have an IP address too to verify your location. Although, of course, theoretically, you could have been vacate. You could have been somewhere else that you don't live when you made your reservation. But uh, I suspect the primary thing is they'll go by your billing address for your credit card. I mean, that's that's what makes the most sense. All right, so we did S, we did three, or E, and finally, to finish S-E-X, let's move on to Model X this week. Good news for those of you with a Model X 70D on order, the 70D has been canceled. So you're wondering, how on earth is that good news? You're getting a 75 kilowatt hour battery instead. The new battery is rated at 237 EPA miles, good for a six-second flat, zero to 60 time. Now, naturally, this leads me to wonder if the 70 kilowatt hour battery's days are numbered on the S. You know, we just got done talking about how some of the stuff in the Model S refresh is shared parts from the X. You know, when we're talking about the uh, primarily... I'm referring to the, um, blanking out here, the, <laughs> wow, I'm blanking out. What am I, what am I talking, oh, the, sorry, the onboard charger, my apologies. Uh, so yeah, they're sharing the same onboard charger as the X now. 
So, you know, because it's cheaper that way. It just streamlines manufacturing. It makes sense. And Tesla's done this before. So it doesn't seem to make sense for Tesla to keep a 70 and a 75 kilowatt hour battery going. So I suspect the 70 is going to disappear either when the 100 kilowatt hour battery appears or whenever the 70 inventory is exhausted. And I'm going to say that's probably going to be whichever comes first. I suspect whichever comes first there, uh, or maybe they'll maybe when the 70 is inventory is exhausted, maybe that's when they'll introduce the 100 kilowatt hour battery. So how on earth did I know that? Tesla didn't really announce it. It was just kind of a stealth thing. It's because the Model X design studio is finally open. Finally open. The f- first deliveries, and I sort of use that in quotes, those four, what, five founders cars, six founders cars, went to people on September 30th. So it's taken many months, but the Model X Design Studio is now open. So uh, get in there and play around with it. It's fun. There's no harm in playing around with it. I went in and configured my, my sort of dream realistic configuration. Now, of course, now that I think about it, I'm not really sure why I bothered to keep it realistic when it's a total dream anyway, since I can't afford it. I don't know why I didn't just check every box. But my realistic configuration is a blue 90D Model X with white, uh, the white synthetic interior six-seater, 22-inch turbines. And all the options and things I wanted to check, there were some things I left off, some interior options, trim options. The, my little dream realistic I know that's like an oxymoron. Dream realistic configuration came to $117,000 before the $10,000 in tax credits that I'd be eligible for. So my point of this is not to tell you that for any reason except to use it as uh, to make a point that when I went in and did the equivalent Model S configuration, it came out to $110,500 So a $6,500 difference between S and X. Now, Elon had said long ago that the the X would be about $5,000 more than a similarly equipped, similarly configured uh, Model S. The the X, yeah, X about $5K more than than the configured, similarly configured S. So, but we had, uh, you know, this price, the pricing just got tweaked and the battery situations tweaked a little bit. So it looks like that has fluctuated a little bit, but that is, uh, that is what you can expect if you're, maybe if you're out there trying to decide between S and X. So, you know, you got to think about what's that $6,500 difference going to get you, at least in my case, in the configurations I made, it's getting me Falcon wing doors, it's getting me the big sky windshield, both of which I adore, and it's getting me, of course, larger interior, larger volume, it's a bigger car, and uh, that is also the other big thing that that's getting me, since now both cars have bioweapon defense mode, the, the HEPA filter, big HEPA filter. The other big difference in that $6,500 would be the auto opening and auto closing doors. So that's the size, the doors, uh, front and goal uh, Falcon wing. Those, those are the biggies and the windshield. So uh, that is that. Now, A bit more Model X news. In fact, our last bit of news for this week. I'm trying to keep everything moving because I got 
we got so many calls to get to in the hotline. It's great. I'm gonna I'm gonna compliment you guys in a minute when we get to the hotline segment. But the final bit of news for this week's show is more Model X news, and it's unfortunately bad news. And that is, you may have heard about this already, but if not, the third row seats in the Model X have been voluntarily recalled on just about every car delivered so far. It's, it's every car delivered prior to, I think, uh, March 26th or, or thereabouts, which amounts to most of the cars, 2,700 of them, approximately. Apparently, the locking hinge that allows the third row seat to fold forward showed a, uh, a repeatable failure after many, many, many consecutive tests, it would eventually show a failure. So uh, Tesla notes that there have been no reports of any issues in any customer cars, but Tesla is nevertheless asking customers to not use the third row seat until they can complete the fix on your car, which will require a uh, service center visit lasting approximately two hours. They're going to swap out the entire third row seat back that's going to be replaced at no cost to you or to Tesla, for that matter. It's Futur- Futuris. Futuris is the seat manufacturer. They're going to be footing the bill. Tesla expects the fixes to occur and be completed over the next five weeks on a rolling basis, but they say they are, they are going to move as fast as they can on it to try and hopefully get them all done sooner. So uh, you probably already found out about this if you're a Model X owner. If you are an X owner who's taken delivery and have not, heard this information, you may want to seriously check your spam folder because you should have gotten an email about it. You want to make sure you're not missing these kinds of messages from Tesla. So, I mean, my only really comment on that is just better that they caught it now with relatively few X's out there. It's not going to be a really big, you know, media blown out of proportion thing. It's all, And it's also just going to inconvenience fewer people than it would if it, this had happened in three more months or, or longer. So... Uh, it's good that it's, it's nipped relatively in the bud here. All right, with that, I need a quick breather. I'll come right back, and we have so many great phone calls in the Ride the Lightning hotline right after this. Welcome to the Ride the Lightning Hotline, where I encourage you, as boy, so many of you did this week, to call in or Skype in. Either way, Skype's going to be a little better sound quality if you've got it, but otherwise, pick up the phone. It's a toll-free call. You dial in anytime, 24-7, and you just leave a message. Please try to keep it fairly short. Like Ideally, like a minute is best, because then you're getting to your point, and we can get in as many calls as possible, but the Toll-free phone number is 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-8752, which spells out T-S-L-A, by the way. And I remind you that if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Please visit lifeonrecord.com. To learn more, and uh, again, there's we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven calls, plus the ones we've already played. I had more calls this week than ever, than in any one week of the show ever, I, and I love that. And here's the thing, they were all good calls. The, the only, I only cut out a couple, because a couple of them sort of just overlapped and said the, said, had the, sort of the similar comments, but 
just you, guys, your uh, guys and girls, your your hotline game was strong this week. I sincerely appreciate it. Uh, I just I love all of it. I was just listening to one call after another, just like, yep, got to play that one. That's great. So thank you all for calling in and participating in the podcast. I really, really think it makes this podcast better when uh, when we get the calls and, and I get the participation from folks. So with that. I want to say hello to new listener Jeremy from Ohio, who wants to talk about his, uh, his hypothesis regarding part two of the Model 3 reveal, and he's got some, uh, some other things to discuss. Jeremy, go ahead. Hey, Ryan. It's Jeremy from Ohio. I was calling. I'm a new listener. Just started last week. Um, and I was calling. I have a couple of things that um, I think are interesting uh a couple things you didn't point out um first of all the center screen um and there being no uh uh, there being no display in front of the driver you had a couple of um theories regarding that um one being uh a just different type of steering system such as a joystick and one being a heads up heads up display um one scenario that i've been seeing floating around the internet that i do think has some viability uh to it is uh, the fact that possibly the reason why the screen is centered um, and not necessarily for the driver to uh, look at um, conveniently is because it's possible that upon the part two of the release of the Model 3, we're going to see that the Model 3 is actually a fully autonomous vehicle. Um, and so that the Model 3 is created not for uh, the driver to drive, but maybe for the driver to sit back and relax. Um, Another thing that we've noted is that the screen is tilted sideways now, and it's also more accessible for the passenger. Um, So we already see that this car is um, more passenger-friendly than any other vehicle that Tesla has made. Um, And also we know that Elon Musk has a couple tricks up his sleeve because he was only expecting... Um, the uh, the pre-orders of the Model 3 to jump up after Part 2 reveal, as he said in Twitter. Another thing is I put down my um, deposit for the Model 3, I think after day three, after he released the numbers, I think it was like 276000 And the reason why I did that is because I have a car that I just bought um, a couple of years ago, and I am actually counting on the Model 3 uh, wait times being a little longer, I'm okay with not getting my Model 3 for three or four years um, because by that time I will have paid off the car that I have now and I'll be able to sell it or keep it um, as a secondary car. But I don't want two car payments. And I do think there's a lot of people uh, in the same boat as I who are actually counting on the long wait. Um, And so one thing I don't want to happen is if uh, Tesla decides to ramp up the Model 3 production, what if, you know, two years from now, they contact me and say, hey, it's time to order your car, and I'm not ready. I'll then have to jump out of line and get back to the end of the line with something I don't want to do. Um, so those are just two aspects that I don't think uh, have really been addressed uh, anywhere that I've seen. Um, and one other thing is, I know that a lot of people have a issue with the bumper, or, or the, the, not the bumper, but the trunk space of the car. And I think that one of the most radical things about the Tesla Model 3 is the continuous glass roof. 
And I'm wondering, are people willing to sacrifice some of the uh, glass roofs, sacrifice the fact that the glass goes all the way back uh, for a larger trunk? Because I don't think you can have both. Personally, I'd rather have a small glass, uh, I'm sorry, a small trunk than have um, any type of uh, takeaway from that beautiful glass rear view that we have of the car. Once again, thanks for the uh, podcast. I'm a new listener. I'll be tuning in every week. Um, Take care. So again, first of all, Jeremy, welcome to the show. Uh, Now, to get to the points of your call, number one, you missed me speculating about that very full autonomous thing about two or three shows back, and so I'll just say I'm totally, totally with you on that one. But the thing to remember is even if that is the case, the car won't be driving itself all the time, so you'd still seemingly need some kind of display in front of the driver. And thus, this week's news that we talked about earlier about Tesla hiring the motorcycle uh, helmet HUD creator only reinforces the belief that really took hold of me last week that the Model 3 is going to have some kind of HUD. Now, point number two from your call, and uh, that is, if Tesla really accelerates their production ramps such that they get to your place in line and, and invite you to configure before you're ready, you shouldn't really need to worry about moving to the back of the line because they'll have accelerated their production ramp and you probably wouldn't have to wait long whenever you are ready to order your car. See what I mean? Like they should be ready for you at that point and sort of cleared a lot of the backlog. And point number three, as you heard last week, we're already seeing Elon bend on the trunk issue, but I don't think he's going to break. He said that the trunk opening will be larger than what we saw in the prototypes. He's taken that feedback, but I don't think they're going to give up that beautiful piece of continuous glass down the back of the car in exchange for hatchback functionality. Uh, not only do I think they, that Elon won't do that on principle, I mean, we, we've seen, you know, he stuck to his guns on the Falcon Wing doors with the X, uh, but remember, If they did that sort of substantial change on the Model 3, it would probably mean having to backtrack a bit on the design, and who knows what a change like that might do for the car's structural engineering, uh, safety testing, etc., and they don't have time for that. They have 400,000 orders that they have to start, they have to figure out how to start delivering as soon as possible. This can't be like the Model X situation. And Tesla themselves have even acknowledged that. Uh, basically, you're, you know, it's feature creep, as it's known in the software world. Feature creep cannot bog down the Model 3. So, uh, great call, Jeremy. Thank you so much. And uh, thanks, for, thanks for giving the show a try. Next up is Ralph from LA, who wanted to share his very unique waiting in line for Model 3 reservation story. Ralph, I'll let you take it away. Good morning, Ryan. My name is Ralph Weiss, and I live in Los Angeles, California, and I wanted to tell you my waiting in line story on the 31st. Um, The store was the Century City Mall, um, which I didn't realize, did not realize at the time, was close to, or fairly close to where Elon lives, up in Brentwood or the Palisades, I don't know, half an hour away. Um, Got there about 7.30. I was about number... 100 in line at that time, and uh, as I was waiting in line, the fellow to the right of me was updating the Google 
spreadsheet with how many people were in line. Tesla managers and staff were coming back and forth, talking to us about the process and serving us cookies and water. And uh, the guy on the left was telling me, oh, Elon just um, tweeted something or he got something that said, for the line goers, there will be a reward. And about five minutes later, ahead of me in line, there was like all this yelling all of a sudden, and there was Elon. He was coming down the line, giving people high fives, just absolutely like a little kid almost, just absolutely thrilled and couldn't believe the hundreds of people that were in line. So I got a high five in to Elon. Um, Nice guy, I gotta say, and didn't re recognize uh, Franz, whatever his name is, the designer, was also kind of walking back and forth. But, um, anyways, it was just a great experience signing up. They got us in and out real quick, and um, I am curious to see what I will get as my little reward for standing in line. Love the show. Bye. Dude, you got a high five from Elon. That is awesome. I am super jealous of that. I've been, I have been fortunate enough, the closest I've got, I've been in the same room with the guy three times. The Model S beta event, when they first opened the factory, it was sort of that factory open house. Uh, I got to be the plus one of a friend of mine. I think I told that, I might have told that story on the first episode, but anyway. Uh, and then there was the X event, the, were, which the very, very crowded Model X event back in September. And then just, most, of course, most recently, the Model 3 event. But I have not yet had the pleasure of meeting him, let alone my dream of interviewing him. But I haven't even gotten to high-five him. So uh, that is awesome. And by the way, if there are any Tesla employees out there who uh, have, any, have any leads to Elon, please put in a good word for me. I would love to go down to either the factory or to uh, the Palo Alto headquarters and interview him. I would love... Ideally, 60 minutes, but uh, 30 would... <laughs> I, could, I could do 30. Uh, anyway, so, Ralph, that is awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, I hope you're maybe... I, I don't suppose he was doing pictures with people, because that probably would have taken all day. But uh, maybe you got a picture of him as, uh, as that, you'll, that you'll treasure, along with your Model 3 reservation. Next is DJ from Ohio, with a little uh, potentially helpful information for some folks. DJ, take it away. Hey there, this is DJ in lovely North Central Ohio. Love the show and glad to have my weekly IV drip of Tesla news while waiting the interminable two years for my Model 3. Speaking of which, I wanted to call attention to an awesome website, model3tracker.info. It's a site for all of us that reserve the Model 3 to register for, put your options in, add your key dates to the process such as reservation date, date you're invited to configure, order date, and all that stuff, and it'll let everyone have some idea of when they might be up for their turn in line. You can also provide other optional information, such as your location, if you want. It isn't required, but it does make a really cool map. The more people that register, the more useful it is. So I thought I had simplification for it. Thanks again for the show. I am happy to spread the word on that, DJ. I know that the Model X tracker from the, I believe the same folks run that, has proven very, very useful in the Tesla community, helping to fill in some of the information gaps where Tesla has not been able to do that for those people waiting for their cars. So, so thank you for that. I appreciate it. With that brings us to Justin from right here in San Francisco. Uh, I've, got, I've gotten, I'll tell you, a lot of calls asking, a lot of confusion and, and just uh, uncertainty about the whole regional delivery thing that Elon and Tesla have talked about. Uh, Justin, I'll let you take it away. Hi, Ryan. Uh, 
This is Justin in San Francisco. First, uh, love the podcast. Number one source for all the information I'm uh, I'm getting on this Model 3 situation, so thank you. Um, real quick question. Uh, it's, it's, this is somewhat selfish uh, intentions and motivations on my end, but um, I'm a current Model S owner, and I went ahead and put my reservation in on the 31st online, hoping to take advantage of well, I'll admit somewhat controversial owner priority uh, issue. I figured, why not? I'm an owner. I'll take advantage of it. I'll go for it. Uh, so my question is, I actually have, I live in two different locations. I live in San Francisco, as I mentioned. I also live in Michigan, of all places. Um, very long story. So I want. I was curious. I, I learned in the beginning, or somebody told me, and I, I might have bought into it way too much, and this is where I'm nervous about this calling today, was... Somebody was saying that there will be regional um, delivery and every region will get sort of equal priority. So just completely making up numbers. If the first thousand cars are ready and done through production, say there's 10 regions, each region will get 10,000 cars each. So in theory, being in Michigan, as it's a less competitive state in terms of demand, would I get a loophole bump by having my um, order officially through the address in Michigan, or would I actually uh, be better switching it to my address in San Francisco? Because um, based on a lot of the information you've shared and others have shared, it sounds like California, uh, particularly locations in the proximity of the factory, which again, San Francisco, Fremont, um, that would in theory give me an advantage, I'll switch it back to San Francisco. Um, I know this has been a very long rambling uh, question, so thank you and thank you to your listeners who are tolerating it. Um, my final question, if I do, in theory, switch, if there is a definitive opinion one way or the other um, by the region situation, do you have any idea what that would do to the queue number? If I, you know, same name, same $1,000 reservation, all that sort of stuff, but I just switch the address. Um, any insight you can provide on that, awesome. Again, love the podcast. Uh, looking forward to continuing to listen to you. Thanks. Justin, I will tell you, uh, just you want that car put in your San Francisco address. I presume, I don't, I don't know which one you put on. We talked earlier, in fact, from an earlier phone call uh, about how Tesla's tracking them. And, you know, you put in a billing address. You say you, have, you sort of live in two residences. I, I hope for the sake of your, you know, you've got your owner priority, which is good, but hopefully you filled out your Model 3 reservation in, uh, with your, your San Francisco address, because that's probably going to be more helpful. In fact, you kind of answered your own question on that. But as for your second question, I'm afraid the only people that could possibly give you a decent answer on that are inside Tesla's walls, and they are probably not going to say much for a while. But the short version for you is this, in my opinion. Again, I just, please don't take this as gospel, but this is from everything. You know, I, I've been watching everything, reading everything Elon said and Tesla said, but it seems to be that if you want your Model 3 as soon as possible, give Tesla your San Francisco address. That part, based on the fact that they've said higher spec cars and starting, west, starting on the West Coast first, that's going to be probably your best bet. Now let's go back to St. Louis. Another call from the uh, fine city of the Midwest. It's Mitch, who has been listening since episode one. Thank you, Mitch. Uh, he wanted to, uh, to lay out some facts and information. I was very... I, I really listened to this call carefully. 
and uh, I I learned a lot. So Mitch, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn the floor over to you. Take it away. How's it going, Ryan? My name's Mitch, and I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, let me just start out by saying real quick, thank you, man. Thank you, Ryan, for creating and hosting such an awesome podcast. I've been listening to the podcast since episode one, and I've I've become a strong advocate for Tesla and everything they're about. And um, I also wanted to let you know that you have sold me on putting my res- reservation down, and that has fueled me to convince others as well. I practically feel like I'm a salesman everywhere I go half the time. So thanks for that. But um, I'm calling because last week you were speaking about the interior of the Model 3 and deciding if you're going to choose the full cow leather interior or the white vegan synthetic leather interior. Well, um, I address address everyone, every Tesla owner or soon-to-be Tesla owner when I say this, but if you choose the real cow leather interior, you're pretty much going against most of the reasons why Tesla is so amazing. Now, the reason I bring this up is because Tesla has already received 350,000 Model 3 reservations in a very, very short period of time. That is a lot of vehicles, and that is a lot of interiors that have to be made very quickly. Typically, it takes three to seven fully grown cows to make just one leather interior. 350,000 cars, reservations, that's three to seven cows per car. That's a lot. If everyone that has received the Model 3 as of right now were to get a fashionable real cow leather interior, that would be 1.7 to 1.8 million cows that would have to be raised starting, yeah, they would have to be raised right now just to be slaughtered for those Tesla interiors alone using factory farming. Factory farming produces more emissions than the transportation industry itself, and that is an overly proven fact. And there's no possible way Tesla can produce 1.7 1.7 to 1.8 million cows for those interiors in two years unless they work with factory farmers to do so. Now, what I'm getting at is that if you support Tesla and support sustainability like they do, don't support their real cow leather interiors. If you do, you're only harming the environment and the health of others, other beings, which is the opposite of what owning the Tesla or what owning a Tesla is all about. If you want leather, just get the vegan synthetic white leather interior. I'm, I'm pretty sure Elon even said on Twitter that the vegan white leather interior was his personal favorite and the best choice if he were to choose. The billionaire owner mastermind behind one of the biggest positive technological revolutions in recent times recommending synthetic vegan leather. Elon would not say something like this unless he wanted to affect his consumers, and he did. Also, just in case you haven't noticed, at the Model X and Model 3 events, they showcased the white, uh, the white vegan leather interior on camera for online streaming for the whole world to see. Elon, Elon showcases it because it is sustainable and better for the environment, and trying to, stay, trying to stay on stage, we slaughter millions of cows for this genuine leather every year, doesn't sound very good to the rest of the world or Tesla itself. Take it from Elon. The white synthetic leather interior is the best practical choice, the most sustainable choice, looks the best, as well as the most environmentally friendly, which is one of the primary things Tesla is all about. There is no reason to choose to harm the environment if you don't have to, and if you were buying a Tesla, I would think that harming the environment would be the last thing you'd ever want to do. This is something to at least take into consideration. Thank you, Ryan, for your time. Thanks for the show. Thank you for Tesla, and thank you for Unlocked. Have a wonderful day. See ya.
Mitch, thank you for the call, as uh, Maggie the Boxer begins to snore behind me. So, a few things here. <clears throat> Elon did indeed say that he prefers the white synthetic leather in the Model X. Second, so you, you remember that correctly. Second, now, you make some great points, things that I honestly have never even thought about, vis-a-vis -vis the, the scale required to make all that leather. A couple things to remember, though. Number one, a leather interior almost certainly will not be standard on the Model 3. It's not on the S, so I seriously doubt it will be on their $35,000 car. Number two, the white synthetic was shown on the silver Model 3 prototype. Heck, I sat on it. That's the one I got to ride in. So that's a good indication, that uh, not a guarantee, but a, a good indication that it'll be offered. That's a good sign. And the other thing to remember, though, and, and I, I really don't want to be disrespectful because your points are all well taken, and, and I really thought you, in your call, you walked the line very well of, of making good points and putting forth your viewpoint without, you know, condemning anybody else's choice. But uh, the thing is, not everybody buys Teslas or is interested in Teslas because of the green factor, of the cars. Some are, some absolutely are. There are a lot of uh, Prius owners who've been waiting for something like the Model X for years. A lot of Model S owners, there are plenty of them that are ex-Prius folks. But some people are in, they have their Tesla, some people are in it purely for the performance. They are performance junkies, they're, they're enthusiasts of performance cars, and they are in it for the performance. Some people are in it, are in it because it's the safest car in the world, and they just want their family in that. And some people are in it purely because the, the Model S, or at this point now Model X as well, costs less to operate than a comparable vehicle in the same class, than say a, you know, a Mercedes S-Class that gets, I, don't, I actually don't know what kind of mileage they get, let's say 20, 25 miles per gallon tops, whereas a Model S is rated at about between 85 and 90 miles per gallon equivalent. So there's, you know, the, the much lower operating costs there. So I would caution you against projecting the idea that ordering a leather interior on your Model 3 goes against everything Tesla stands for, because Tesla stands for many things. You're right, their overall goal is, is, to, is accelerating the advent of sustainable transportation. Um, but I will say that you've literally just 100%, like, pretty much locked me in on the white synthetic should Tesla offer it, which I was already leaning towards anyway. But, you know, you, you, you shared some, some startling facts. I mean, I, I'm not personally, I'm not like the, uh, the biggest environmentalist in the world, but I, I'm aware of it. I, you know, I, I do, I, I'm at least moderately try to be, I try to be a decent person with that kind of stuff. But... Uh, what I would suggest to you <clears throat> is getting out there and being vocal with Tesla about the very same facts that you just called in with, but in a, in a, make sure in a polite and respectful way, which I think your call to me was, tweet to Elon, again, politely and respectfully, tweet at Tesla Motors, post on their Facebook, send them you know, email sales reps or, or whomever you can kind of get a hold of that might be the, the right person, and you know, we because we know that Elon listens. We talked that that was a, we did a whole show about that last week. 
And in fact, that's why the ex got a vegan interior. Remember, a bunch of folks showed up at a shareholder meeting and sort of were, were really, uh, and they, they I don't, confronted has a negative connotation. I don't want to say confronted Elon, but they, they raised their voice about it and they, they made their voice heard in an in a, in a appropriate forum. So I would encourage you to share that info, make your voice heard, which you're doing by calling, you know, you're, you're reaching thousands of people with this podcast. Share that info, make your voice heard, but remember, uh, just respectfully, remember that people have their own unique reasons for ordering a Tesla, uh, and there you go. So I, I think that was a, a wonderful thing to discuss. And let's go to Andrew up in Seattle, who has uh, a very unique scenario in mind. I had to think, I had to think about, th- I didn't even just picture this, but Andrew, go ahead, sir. Hey, Ryan, this is Andrew in Seattle, and I have a question. So I have a new Toyota Tacoma, and I see that there's a power outlet in the bed, and I start thinking, with a mobile connector that Tesla provides, is this going to be a good option for, you know, the roadside emergency if you ever do fall short in between charging? I know that the Toyota can only put out 400 watts at an idle. I know you wouldn't want to idle there forever to give your Tesla a kickstart, but is a 15, 20 minute charge going to be able to kick somebody, you know, five, 10 miles long? Uh, so that's my question. I'm wondering, um, with this option, if it's, you know, going to keep you from having to get a tow, as we all know, damage can occur pretty easily, uh, when the wrecker comes along. So that's my question. Thanks, Ryan. Andrew, I looked up your Tacoma and it appears to have a, a, only a 120 volt outlet. Now, I say only like it's a bad thing. Please take no offense. I did not mean it as a, as a bad thing. Because having a 120-volt an, an outlet in the back of your truck is super awesome. That is a cool feature that I, could, that I imagine has all sorts of super useful practical feature, uh, applications, I should say. But in the case of what you're proposing... I suppose the word only a 120 volt outlet applies. So uh, here's the thing. Even if you did get that to work, which I don't even know if I'd want to, I, I think I'd be scared to try it. I don't know why, but if it did work, you'd only get two range miles in an hour, per hour with that. You'd be running the truck and with, I'm guessing, right? You have to have the truck on, the everything's, the, the, the truck's going truck i'm guessing the truck has to be on and you're you know you can only you it's a 120 volt outlet so it's pumping it's only going to pump 2 miles of range back into the tesla battery in an hour now the the best case scenario what what tesla prefers is that now the the, the tesla nav software in the car tries to be smart enough now and in fact it's only getting smarter plus the continued rollout of additional superchargers and destination chargers that you'd hopefully never even be in that position in the first place. But I suppose in theory, what you propose could work if you're really, really, really patient. You can, you might be able to get enough charge into that into that uh, Tesla. Finally, this week, one more great call. Again, so many of them this week. I just I couldn't help myself uh, because you guys just had so many great calls. Let's go to uh, Louisville in Northern Ireland. I said last week, if there are any any listeners in Ireland, call up. And this gentleman did, and I love it. I turn the floor over to you. 
Hi Ryan, it's Lovo from Northern Ireland. Just to let you know that you do indeed have listeners over here on this island. On the last show you mentioned the supercharger network was coming to Ireland. Actually, if you go to the Tesla site and check out the map, then click on the 2016 tab at the top, you can see the four cities that are coming. They are Belfast, Dublin, Cork and Galway. Thanks for the great show and roll on the Model 3 release. Boy, Maggie really snoring away back there. I'm not sure if you're hearing that. But uh, anyway, this is awesome. I am so excited to have Irish listeners. By the way, Lou, if you've ever been to Dunmurry, I wonder if you've ever driven by the old DeLorean factory, uh, which I have been to. I went there for the 20th anniversary back in uh, 2001. And at that time, it was now they were making wheels there. Some company was making manufacturing wheels for cars. Anyway... Uh, agreed. Roll on Model 3. Thank you for the call. Thank you for making my day that, that people in Ireland listen to this podcast. I love it. And the fact that uh, we now know where in Ireland those superchargers are going. Belfast, Dublin, Cork, and Galway. That is fantastic. So again, folks, uh, I just want to seriously thank you. Your hot, again, your hotline game was very strong this week. I really appreciate it. Again, uh, give a ring anytime you want to talk about anything you heard on this show, any questions, discussion topics. It's a toll-free call or Skype to 1-888-989-TSLA. That's 1-888-989-8752. Be right back to wrap things up right after this. All right, that brings us to the end of the show. The I've been promoting Peter Kiersgaard's uh, Model S referral code for what feels like a couple months, and it is now over. It ended April 15th, so uh, the drawing is uh, April 29th, so I will be crossing my fingers that Peter Kiersgaard gets an email saying he's won the Model X, uh, which maybe we'll see then if... Then we'll see how generous he really is. <laughs> if, he, if he gets that email, he might be like, hmm, I think I'm going to keep this thing. This sounds, sounds too good. Or if, in fact, he will follow through and, uh, and I will take possession of a ludicrous mode Model X. But that, yeah, if, uh, if any of you had your own, uh, if you're an owner and any of you had a, uh, a referral code and if any folks used it, so that is, that is the, the takeaway from this is that the drawing is April 29th, according to Tesla's website. So uh, if you've got any skin in that game, that is the date to hope and pray that you get an email or a phone call from Tesla. Anyway, I remind you that you can follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan or email me. The show email address is teslapodcast at gmail.com. IGN.com is where I make my living by day. Uh, we do video games there. That's mostly my beat. But we also have comics, TV, movie coverage as well. But uh, yeah, the video game stuff is mine. I've got a couple of shows over at IGN. Podcast Unlocked is my Xbox show that airs every week. New episodes every Wednesday there. I've got IGN Unfiltered, which is a Charlie Rose style long form. There, Every episode's at least an hour. It's a one-on-one sit down with some of the most notable and interesting folks in the video game industry. Those publish once a month. There is a YouTube feed for that, or, or you can find it on IGN 
or uh, on iTunes as well. And uh, what else? Nerdstyles.com. That's my t-shirt site. I've got some video game and geek-inspired t-shirt designs. About 10 of them, in fact, as well as a coffee mug. Uh, Dave T., uh, now a friend in real life since we got to meet at the Model 3 event. Subscribe to Dave T.'s weekly Tesla newsletter at teslaweekly.com. It is a great way to get a quick, nice uh, summary of what happened in the world of Tesla right in your email box, and then, of course, here on this podcast, we spend a lot more time digging into things. And again, thanks, as always, to the wonderful folks, Gene and the team at teslarati.com for uh, helping spread the word about this podcast. It is sincerely appreciated. And those of you with Teslas, S's, X's, listen to this podcast in your car. Uh, To do so, go to the TuneIn website, Search for the show, either Tesla Podcast, Ride the Lightning. You'll find the show. Follow it on the site, and then get back in your car. Next time you're in your car, go to your favorites, and you should see the show show up. All right, another packed, action-packed week of Tesla fun. I, I had fun. This was my show planner this week, seven pages long. That's how many notes and calls and other things I had in here. Seven pages. It was a great time. Uh, Good show this week. I hope you all enjoyed it. I had fun doing it. This has been Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, episode 37, entitled Meet the New Model S for April 17th, 2016. Again, my name is Ryan McCaffrey. Thank you all so much for joining me, and I'll see you guys next week. (laughs) 